How fortunate are we that our mother Ummu Habiba anha learned the Quran and the Sunnah, the deen from our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and she taught it to humanity. So many ahadith, so many incidents she narrates from our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's reported that she narrated 65 ahadith of Rasulullah So Quran and Sunnah, she narrated to the senior Sahaba radiyallahu Sahaba would learn from her and all the Ummahatul Mu'mineen. So many amazing ahadith. Among the Sahaba who narrated from her was her brother Hazrat Muawiyah Her other brother Hazrat Ambasa and her nephew Abdullah bin Utba bin Abi Sufyan and her other nephew, meaning her sister's son Abu Sufyan bin Sa'id bin Mughira and other Sahaba like Urwa bin Zubair and her freed slave Salim bin Shawwal Makki Abu Al-Jarrah Qurashi so many narrated a hadith from her. There's an interesting hadith of hers which is in Bukhari Sharif that when she heard that her father passed away she asked for some itar, and she applied the itar, and she said to her, to her students that were there, that mali bitibi min haja. I have no need to apply a perfume, but I'm pl- applying this because I heard from Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that la yahillu limraatin tu'minu billahi wal yom al akhir tuhidu ala mayyitin fuq thalath illa ala zoj arbaati ashurin wa ashra. It's not halal for a mu'mina, for a female believer who brings iman on Allah in the last day, to mourn over any person who has deceased or passed away for more than three days. Meaning, one feels sad and shows respect to the deceased for that period. But after that, a person has to carry on. So she says, I don't want to show defiance to this hadith. So yes, one is grieved over one's departure of one's father, but she applies the perfume that she doesn't portray any mourning of any sort. And then the hadith says, except for a husband, where a woman mourns for up to four months and ten days after the death of one's husband. Obviously, this is because of the close relationship between husband and wife, and rightfully so. In Abu Ya'la rahimahullah's Musnad, he reports a hadith from Abu Jarrah, Mawla Ummi Habiba, that has, Ummu Habiba radiallahu said that I heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi say, that lawla an ashukka ala ummati la'amartuhum bis-siwaki inda kulli salah kama yatawadda'un. If it wasn't for the fact that I do not want to make it hard for my ummah, I would have instructed them and ordained it upon every person to utilize the miswak at the time of salah when performing wudu. What a beautiful hadith. Allah give us tawfiq to practice the sunnah of miswak because as Muslims, hygiene is part of our deen. A, a clean body, a clean heart, a clean mind, a clean mouth to have a wonderful scent emanating from the mouth. This is the beautiful sunnah of Rasulullah Like Hazrat Umar would say that even at the time of tahajjud when one awakens and performs tahajjud but he utilizes the miswak as he recites the angels of Allah place their mouth on he or she's mouth and as he recites it's like the angel is kissing this individual and when one awakens for tahajjud but does not perform or utilize the miswak yes he will be rewarded but the angel of Allah will not come near his or her mouth in one hadith our mother has an Ummu Habiba anha reports that Allah's beloved وسلم, said this comes in Ibn Majah and Musnad Abi Ala Allah's Nabi said he who performs four rak'at before dhuhr and four rak'at after dhuhr, Allah will make this individual, he or she, haram upon the fire of Jahannam. Allah will forbid this person from the fire, meaning the fire will not come near this individual. 
This is one hadith about the Sunnah Salahs that she reports. And another amazing one is what we mentioned, Nu'man bin Salim, Ambasa bin Abi Sufyan, with the chain, the chain of narration, that Hazrat Umm Habiba says to her brother Ambasa, that let me narrate this hadith, that Allah's beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Man salla fi yawmin thintay ashrat sajda He who throughout the day performs twelve raka'at, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant this person a palace in Jannah for these raka'at. Now obviously this is an exquisite palace, something that's beyond the way we can describe it. Bana bunia lahu bihinna baytun fil Jannah for these raka'at. And scholars explain these twelve to mean the twelve sunan mu'akkada, twelve sunnah raka'at that Rasulullah sallallahu never ever left out. Hazrat Ummu Habiba radiallahu anha says to her brother, فَمَا تَرَقْتُهُنَّ مُنْدُ سَمِعْتُهُنَّ From the time I heard these words from the blessed lips of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu I have never left these twelve raka'at out. Her brother Ambasa says, I have never left this practice out from the time I heard it from my sister Ummul Mu'mineen. فَمَا تَرَقْتُهُنَّ مُنْدُ سَمِعْتُهُنَّ مِنْ أُمِّ حَبِيبَ رَضِيَ لَنَا Amr bin Aw says the same thing. From the time I heard this hadith from my teacher Hazrat Ambas, I never left this practice of the twelve raka'at out. Nu'man bin Salim says from the time I heard this, I never ever left it out. From the time I heard it from Amr bin Aws. Look at the qualities of these special people, our pious predecessors, when they learnt a beautiful practice in deen, and they learned the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu they never ever left it out. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq to practice this beautiful hadith, and all the other ahadith, we are learning to practice, to inculcate it in our life, to bring it into our life, and to share it and disseminate it to others, to humanity. We share the deen with our brothers, with our sisters, with our parents, with our siblings, with our neighbors, with our friends. Deen is to be shared with others. As we practice and we share with others, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us. This will be in our scales on the Day of Judgment. Like this other hadith of Hazrat Ummu Habiba anha, which is reported by Ibn Majah rahimahullah in his sunan, from Safiya bint Shayba, from Ummu Habiba anha, the blessed wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our mother, that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, Kalam ibn Adam alayhi la lahu. Every son of Adam's and daughter of Adam's words, every person's words will be held against him or her, and not for him and her. Except few practices. إِلَّا الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِي عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ Except where we enjoin good and inculcate good qualities in others. And when we forbid evil and help others stop the wrongs and the evils that they do. And this will be for us and not against us. And the third thing that will be for us and not against us in our book of deeds is dhikrullah, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, besides this, everything else will be held against us. And we will be answerable for it on the day of judgment. Even our every word. That's why we learn, think before we speak. Think before we utter. Allah save us, such a bad habit we have. Sometimes we hear wrong about others, rumors, backbiting of others and just for entertainment we want to talk about it Allah forbid Allah save us what do we have in regards to that what's our benefit in regards to that let's look into the good of others as one pious person says so beautifully verify before you amplify Allah give us tawfiq